Jacksonville, where no one sleeps deeply. The pillows are bad and the sheets are made cheaply. But there is one family in the Sleepyville town that uses my pillow for the best sleep around. My pillows are adjustable for proper alignment, and the Giza sheets breathe so they feel no confinement. So order my pillow for great sleep refinement. Why are they so chipper? Their co-workers wondered. So much energy and zest, like they've had the best slumber. And when they peeked in the window, the secret was clear. My pillow sheets, pillows, and mattress toppers appeared. My pillow is breathable and lasts more than 10 years. It's washable and dryable and was manufactured right here. Giza cotton is what makes the softest of sheets, and the mattress topper helps support pressure points for deep, dreamy sleep. So click the link below to stop counting sheep. We want my pillow! The citizens of Sleepyville cried, but they didn't realize the family had a surprise inside. They were all given a my pillow to keep. We spent a third of our life snoozing, so let's make it quality sleep. I got towels too. And mine are blue. So welcome to my pillowville where everyone sleeps on the pillows that align and the softest of sheets. With the support of the mattress topper, the people snooze deep and wake up well rested and their deadlines they keep. So if your bed feels like rocks and your sheets feel like Brillo, you need better sleep, which means you need my pillow. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, click the button. I'm tired of rhyming, so please click it and save me. Please, I can't rhyme anymore. Just click that link. Stop watching this and click the link to get the best sleep of your life. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. When I think of how he came so far from glory, came to dwell among such as I to suffer shame and such disgrace on Mount Calvary take my place then I ask myself this question who am I Would bleed and die for Who am I that he would pray Not my will, thy Lord 
answer I may never know Why he ever loved me so That to an old rugged cross he'd go For who am I When I'm reminded of his words I'll leave you never If you'll be true I'll give to you Life forever Oh, I wonder what I could have done To deserve God's only son To fight my battles Until they're won For who am I? Who am I? The king would bleed and die for Who am I? That he would pray Not my will, thy Lord The answer I may never know why he ever loved me so that to an old rugged cross he'd go for who am I that to an old rugged cross he'd go for who am I Welcome back, folks, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved better half. V-Lynn. Hello, Patriots. So, Savages, tonight... Uh, we have Scott Shara with us. Yeah, bit of a tearjerker tonight. Yeah, I... for this so, ahead of time. Um, in fact, Mick asked me if we should play the, the clip uh, that actually uh, Del Big Tree from the Highwire put together about Grace's story. And I watched it earlier and I was already like bawling. And I was like, let's not start with that. <laughs> kind <laughs> I, of a better idea. You know how I like to make y'all cry right off the bat, but, um, and at the end and kind of all the way through, but yeah, let's, let's, let's start with that. So, so anyway, um, so Grace's dad, Scott, he is basically, he's trying to bring his story out everywhere that he can because uh, he, he went to Australia to prevent it from happening from someone else because what happened to his daughter was criminal and tragic and just the most, as a parent, just the most awful thing. I can't even, you would kill someone. I know I would. You would seriously, you would kill. Like if, if this happened to one of our kids, like you would be in jail right now. So um, you, you, more power to all, Scott. If you all remember uh, Justin, uh, he had a show on, uh, he had a show not too long ago he did it and he said this and he said, you know, it's getting to the point now where even doctors aren't going to be able to go out in the street because yeah. the doctors that are pushing this, this is the problem. You go to a doctor for a problem. You go to a doctor for an issue. Your check engine light comes on. If you took your car to the mechanic because your check engine lights on and you drive out of the mechanics bay and you're driving down the road, just do, 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 do. And your car shuts down. Did he fix the problem? 
No, but now let's put this in human terms. You go to the doctor to get fixed. And they give you medication after medication and refuse your family to allow access to you. And what's There's worse- There's all sorts of issues What's there. worse is that Grace had Down syndrome. I, so she, she really, she legitimately couldn't not speak up on her own, own behalf. behalf. Yeah. She should as have had well a as, medical. Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, what were you? You were my. I was your, uh, I was your uh, advocate. Advocate. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, she should have had a patient advocate those with were her the whole time. Those were different times, and she True. and she did, um, but. No, I mean, allowed in the room. Yeah, no. Allowed. She, I mean, her, her They kicked her him out, and they let her sister go in. But if you're not a doctor, they just they just put things in your IV. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's in there, right? Yep. I mean, if you, you look at the chart, like you don't know if you're not a doctor or a pharmacist or, you know, like you don't, you don't know what's, what they're putting in there. So, I mean, they could have killed you. They almost did kill you in the hospital a More number of times. <laughs> About to say. I and and that there. was 15 yeah. years ago. Yep. Times have changed since then. They would have killed you these days. Probably. It's not gotten better for no. sure. Anyway, but either way, I mean, this is so, what it is. This yeah. is what it's boiled down to. You have these doctors that are supporting these ridiculous theories, which they know don't work. No, they you, do this on purpose. I, I'm I, sorry. I saw a, uh, I was working on a doctor's garage today, which was really comical to be working on his garage yeah. and talking to him all at the same time. And yeah. I, and I, I asked him, I said, straight up, I said, are you a, a believer in the COVID-19 and he said, are you a believer in COVID-1984? He said, do I believe that there's a virus? Yes. Do you know what we call that virus? The flu. He said, do I believe that there's some fantastical virus that's just out there? No, because it killed the same amount of people the flu did in one year. It's just the flu, folks. Mm -hmm. That's basically what he was trying to tell me. It's just the flu. D that chick that we met that worked at the CDC literally told me the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. So what are you going to do? But anyway, um, yeah. So let's bring Scott in. Uh, so he can tell, tell us Grace's story because she was, I mean, from, from what I saw in the video clips and I've seen a couple other interviews about her, like she was just the most beautiful human being. So anyway, welcome Scott. How are you? Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm doing okay. Those introductions are tough. You, know, yeah. you mentioned about the, the high hair, you know, so the, the first time I saw that introduction they put together was live. You know, I was, it's the same setup as here. So you just played who, who am I with my Elvis? And boy, that's a tearjerker to me because I remember, and I'll explain that in a minute, but when you know, I was on the high wire, they had that beautiful piece put together. They came up and filmed us for two days for that backstory. And I watched it live and you know, by the time Dell had me on, I'm I'm crying because you can't take it. And that uh, that Elvis song, you know, Grace was a Grace was a huge Elvis fan, and I remember the first time we heard that, we were in my pickup truck, and I had Sirius in the truck just for her because she loved Elvis. So every time we we went uh, anywhere, we had the Elvis station on, and we heard that for the first time, and. And uh, she had such small hands. We would hold hands while we're driving, and oh, you know, we looked at each other like, "Oh, wow, this is this is an awesome song." And, you know, anyway, that's uh, thanks for playing that. That was a wonderful introduction, but that's a tearjerker. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I mean, we're, we're parents. Um, we have uh, two boys that are 15 and 10 and I, I can't even imagine being in the situation that, that, that you're in. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about grace before Ugh. we, before we play the tell big tree piece and get everyone else crying. Um, let's, let's, let's bring on some, some happiness. Tell us, tell us about grace. Um, you know, no, she, I, she loved all this, but, uh, I, she had a smile that lit up the room. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So just a quick on the Elvis thing. I mean, I don't know exactly what started it, but ultimately she wrote a, she wrote a fan letter to, to Priscilla Presley, Elvis's wife, Carol Graceland. And these type of things just seem to always happen with Grace. Uh, Priscilla got the letter and she called Grace and invited our family to Graceland to meet her. And so we did. We drove to Graceland and we had a private meeting with Priscilla Presley for 45 minutes and and they became email pen pals. They would email each other regularly. Uh, you know, when the, the day Grace died, I called Priscilla's assistant the next day and she called my wife Cindy five minutes later. Um, you know, she she became a friend. It was it was really nice. Uh Grace, uh Grace, so Grace was 19 when she died. We were 39 years old when we had Grace, and we named her Grace after God's grace. We were, we were choosing to not have any more kids. We had a 14-year-old son named Travis, and our daughter Jess was 12. And then we just said, hey, we're going to let God lead in that department. And um, I think about five minutes after we made that choice, my wife got pregnant, and he blessed us with with an angel that we named grace after God's grace. And I mean, we, she was just an absolute blast. Um, she, uh, she was very high functioning. We homeschooled her. My wife did a fantastic job. She could read and write. Uh, one of the stories about grace. So when she was only 12, um, she, we have some hunting property. She deer hunted with me, but this wasn't during deer season. We, we went over there and I had a big pickup truck then a three quarter ton Dodge diesel. And we got there and she said, dad, can I drive? I said, you bet. So I got her situated in the seat. She's only four foot tall at that time. And, you know, so she could just see through the steering wheel, you know, over the dash. And so I, she was very obedient. So I taught her how to, you know, shift, shift the lever, put her foot on the gas. And then, you know, she hit the brake for the first time, just about go through the windshield. And then, you know, she really got used to it. So then I, uh, I, you know, you realize what you did as a dad. And so, and, and all dads are listening will know because you'd realize, oh my gosh, she's going to tell mom, you know, and mom isn't going to like the fact that I taught her to drive. So we had about an hour drive back and I, I'm coaching her. Grace, you can't tell mom. You can't tell mom. So she had an hour of coaching. We weren't in the house uh, less than a second. And she, she said, dad, let me drive. <laughs> So I was in the doghouse for about a week for that, and uh, and uh, the the good news was at least I knew why I was in there that time. <laughs> and, you know, Grace was uh, she had a she was my best buddy, and it partially because she inherited my sense of humor. She had she had such a sense of humor. She saw things, she saw the humor and the literalness in things. So I'll just give you an example. She. Um, one time we were driving and she said, dad, that sign back there said, watch out for falling bikes. 
you know, so I spun around to go see what is she talking about? And so it was the the crosswalk with the, the stick man and then a, a bike over the top of the stick man. So she interprets that, you know, watch out for falling bikes. Which I mean she she got it. It wasn't that she 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 didn't get it. I mean, she got the humor in it to boot. So I mean, I really thought at some point um, that she would be the first Down syndrome comic and I might be her assistant when we, we go to Vegas with her with her routine because she 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 really got humor and she was funny and and she got life uh she had an understanding of of life that uh, that i i don't have yet she called me earthly dad and she called my wife earthly mom so i mean she knew her heavenly father it's fantastic uh she uh the best thing about her was how she loved you know, she did she lit up a room you know in our area she had a following I was just known as Grace's dad. Uh, she, uh, 400 people came to her funeral. You know, everybody knew Grace. So that's a little bit about her. I can tell I could do the whole podcast on her. Yeah. Right. That, uh, that, that she is a very lyrical soul, especially because she loved Elvis. Um, that's what everybody says. If you're an Elvis fan, if you've ever heard that, I've been called that several times because I love Elvis. I've listened I have the same collection. Not hard to to imagine. Um, that is. Uh, so, what happened? Well, you know, we were we weren't caught off guard. I mean, we were fully prepared. We had all the frontline doctors' materials at home. We had a nebulizer, ivermectin, everything, and the the Delta variant was running rampant during that time. So we we had already assumed if any of us get a sniffle, we're just going to assume it's COVID. Uh, Grace had already been on a vitamin protocol. So once uh, she got a sniffle on September 28th, we got her on ivermectin right away. And we just thought we're going to walk right through this. Um, anyway, then what, what happened is on October 6th, she couldn't maintain her oxygen saturation above 90%. She was in the high eighties. And Unfortunately, we perceived that as an emergency, which, you know, it was somewhat of an emergency. I mean, you've got to have high oxygen and, you know, when your oxygen's dropping, you know, you've, you've got to do something. But we chose to take her to the emergency room and then the emergency room physician recommended we admit her. She said, well, we'll get her on oxygen and a steroid and three, four days you'll be out of here. So we weren't the wiser at that time. So, of course, that's one reason I want to share the story is because you don't want anybody else to lose anybody, much less their best buddy or best friend. And uh, so if if we would not have take and admitted her to the hospital, so if we still went to the emergency room but did not admit Grace to the hospital, she would be alive today. And I can say that with 100% certainty, not because of what the hospital did, but what they didn't do. And so I, the reason I say with 100% certainty is they would have sent us home with a prescription for oxygen and a steroid. And I went into a different hospital three days after Grace died, which is why I can say this with certainty. And I was significantly worse than Grace, much lower oxygen, just about died the first night. And they turned me around in 24 hours following what they should do, not what happened to Grace. And so that's why I say if we would have just made a different choice, she'd be alive today. Uh, but now, you know, we, we have um, an obligation to share this story to help other people. So that's how we got there. And do you want, do you want me to go blow by blow or do you want to ask questions in between or what would you, you know do? What? 
let let me play the let's play the 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 Del Big Tree um clip because that really does go blow by blow. And I, I know it's hard to talk about. I'm sure it's going to be hard to listen to, but it's harder to talk about. But before we do, I just want to say one thing, Scott. And that's I, I truly believe that in this time that we're in, um, you know, that what a time to be alive. But at the same time, I, I truly believe that some people in this particular time made a choice before they came to this time, right? Um, I think your daughter made the choice to go through this so that she, in doing that, she could prevent, and knowing that you're going to share her story, she could prevent it from happening from other people. I truly believe that your daughter made that sacrifice, chose to make it before she ever came to this heavenly earth, to this plane. And that that your purpose is to, to follow on with this story. So I thank you so much for sharing it because I know that you are saving lives and that she is saving lives through what you guys are going through. Well, thanks. I mean, that's, that's what we've come to believe too. I mean, God's sovereign. And so he had a reason and he knew, you know, he knew before she was born the day she was going to be taken out and he knew what my skill set was. He knew how I'd react and, I mean, and here we are, and uh, already thousands of lives have been saved, and it's it's. Um, though Grace's death is not in vain, that's for sure. So thank you for that. All right, so let's play this. Y'all should get your tissues out. <laughs> Here's Chewbacca. Or as Chewy. Grace was um, phenomenal. She loved everyone and she loved everything. She was my best buddy. Uh, she went hunting with me. We got her a red convertible when she turned 18. Yeah, it was just a joy. We'd get out on the highway and she would say, let her rip dad. <laughs> and so we, we would. We found out that um, we were blessed with Grace having Down syndrome when she was born. Down syndrome is actually um, the presence of a third um, 21st chromosome, which she called her love chromosome, because everybody that knows a child with Down syndrome, they just love unconditionally. Down syndrome did not stop Grace whatsoever. There wasn't a thing she she didn't do. She rode horse, she played violin. Uh, my wife, who's gifted in teaching, taught her how to read and write. The things that Grace taught me um, were really above and beyond whatever I taught her. I say thank you, thank you very much. Grace and I got COVID around the same time, and Grace was doing great. She really was just having symptoms of a cold. We were monitoring her oxygen every day with a, a oxygen meter. Grace's oxygen level was just below 90, and we assumed that that means check into the hospital. So we took Grace to urgent care, and they did a complete blood analysis and measured her inflammation markers. Her D-dimer was greater than 5,000. So the emergency room physician had thought that we should admit Grace to the hospital. And they did a CT scan because of that D-dimer score. And her CT scan was negative. So thankfully she didn't have clots. But he said, it's we gotta monitor you very closely in this. We never would have considered that this is a dangerous place to put her in. The first day was great. 
We watched all the movies and, and goofed off. The second day was October 8th at eight o'clock in the morning. A doctor came in and said, you're going to need to put a, your daughter on a ventilator in the next two hours. And I said, what is that recommendation based on? And he said, we did a blood gas draw last night and it shows that she's in bad shape. So I said, I'd like you to retake the, the draw. So they did and Grace was fine. What they did subsequent to that was they asked us four different times for a pre-authorization that if they decided Grace needed to be ventilated, they could do it. And obviously we weren't going to agree to that. It didn't make any sense. The third full day, the start of the, that day, a nurse came running in and said her oxygen saturation is only at 85%. And I thought, this cannot be, it's impossible. So I had my own oxygen saturation meter in the room. So I put it on Grace's finger and it read 95%. And I said, is my meter accurate? And she said, yes. I said, well, why, why is my $50 meter more accurate than your $50,000 meter? And she said, the leads get sweaty. And I said, if you know that, why don't you proactively change out the leads every three or four hours or whatever it takes, given this is the primary statistic you are using to manage my daughter's care. And she snottily responded, you should just be thankful you caught this. On Sunday, October 10th at seven o'clock in the morning, the head nurse came in with an armed guard and she said, you need to leave immediately. And I said, well, what's the reason? And she said, well, you've been shutting off the alarms at night. And I said, well, that's because I've had the nurses train me how to shut off the non-essential alarms. I said, they're going off constantly, 20, 30 times a night. And we've got to get sleep. I mean, Grace has got to get sleep to get well. And so then she said, the, the second reason is the last three shifts of nurses don't want you in the room. Obviously, because I was challenging the, the protocols that I was seeing. So I called an attorney friend and he said, Scott, just leave peacefully. And I gave Grace a hug. Yeah, you know, I could just see in her eyes, she was sad. That's the last time I saw her. Grace was alone in the hospital for a total of 44 hours. My wife, Cindy, couldn't be the replacement advocate because she had COVID. We had to negotiate because of the hospital wanting to follow COVID policy, their internal policy versus the law. And Grace had a right to an advocate under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So they denied the advocacy. And that's when we got a lawyer involved to get my daughter, Jessica, as a replacement advocate. I had no idea what was going on in the hospital. The communication was so poor. No, no doctor nurse came to me and said anything they were doing. I had to overhear what they were saying. So they were just making decisions on their own without even communicating with Grace's power of attorney, which was my mother. The doctors weren't giving Grace much hope. Just said that if Grace doesn't keep a good oxygen level, she may go downhill fast. The doctors uh, had four days prior to Grace's last day had put her on a sedation med called Presidex. Every med has a package insert. Presidex package insert says, do not use for more than 24 hours. They had Grace on it for four days. It's an anesthesia drug. The anesthesia drug is meant to only be used for three hours. I was really panicking and talking to Grace and just letting her know I need you to be a fighter. We need you here and we need you to stay here, you know. Grace's last day is so horrific. Starting at eight o'clock in the morning, 
the doctor called Cindy and I at home and made the comment about how great of a day Grace had the day before. He was a very smooth talker. His purpose of calling us was the fifth time that they wanted us to give the pre-authorization for a ventilator. And we said no again. So she's on max dose at Presidex starting at 5.46 p.m. They gave her a dose of lorazepam. 5.49, another dose of lorazepam. And at 6.15, a dose of morphine as an IV push. They gave Grace a combination of meds that none of us could have survived. It has a black box warning that says to not combine those drugs because it causes death. If you use morphine, they're supposed to monitor the patient and have the reversal drug bedside, neither of which they did. I was always touching Grace's hand. I was always holding her and she didn't feel right to me. So uh, this nurse, I asked her, I said, does Grace feel cold to you? She feels so cold to me. She said, no, she doesn't feel cold to me. And I couldn't tell you how many minutes went past, um, but she just didn't seem right yet. And she felt even colder. I tried finding a pulse, I couldn't find a pulse. I lifted up her eyelid and I saw her eyes roll back. And I knew something wasn't right. So I went out, snuck my head out again, I said, you know, I need help. Since someone come look at her, like, what's going on? She's not doing well. Her numbers are going down, too. So I instantly got my parents on the phone. At 7.20, Jessica called Cindy and I on FaceTime. Panic. They said, Dad, Grace's numbers are dropping like crazy. I said, get the nurses in. She said, they won't come in. I've been trying. So Cindy and I holler through the phone, save our daughter. They holler back, she's DNR, do not resuscitate. One of the nurses read off the computer that the doctor ordered Grace to be DNR and they can't do anything about it. Well, there was roughly 30 to 40 nurses out in that hallway. No one, no one at all lifted a finger. She was so drugged up. We didn't even see her take a final breath and I just watched her fade away. We watched Grace die on FaceTime at 7.27, seven minutes later. Our life without Grace is very empty. We lost Grace, but we also lost, we lost our future with Grace. When Grace died, everything stopped. I miss everything about her. When nighttime comes, I struggle. I struggle a lot because she's not there. It cuts deep to your soul. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, really quick, because uh, I, 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 I got to ask this question. I used to be in the healthcare field, so to speak. Um, how much did Grace weigh when she went into the hospital? Do you uh, know? She weighed about, yeah, she weighed about uh, 180 pounds. And in the span of four hours, they gave her six milligrams of lorazepam and two milligrams of morphine on top of the, each other. And, and on top of that, she was, she was already knocked out at 1048 that, at more that morning, they had her knocked out on Presidex. They had, 
the, I mean, you can't make this up. The Presidex package insert says to not use it for more than 24 hours. I'll just read this right off of the insert. No, it I, says, I'm well aware of what Presidex is. I've had Presidex before. It's part of white lightning, what they give you right before they put you out to go into any major surgery. Um, and you're going to be ventilated at that point. Um, but the point that is killing me right now is that the drugs that they administered within the last six hours of life, she was given enough that that would have killed two horses. Forget well, an 80-pound young lady. That would have killed two horses. Full-size horses. Is, this is really the main reason that we're, we keep going with this story. You know, people have said, why don't you let it go? Just, just move on with life like everybody else. But there's, this is our lane. So right now, this this whole COVID thing has got so many lanes. You know, you've got the the vaccine deaths. You've got to have the vaccine, you know, multiple vaccine in injuries. You've got the, you know, the doctors and nurses who are actually resigning and losing their licenses. So that's another lane. Well, we're in the hospital killing lane, and you know, so Grace did not die of remdesivir or a vent like everybody else. She died of a, a comfort a care dose. Com a comfort care med overdose and an illegal DNR. So this standard of care is already the case in the UK. This is state sanctioned in the UK. And I'm here to tell you, this is coming to the United States. And Grace's case is not the only one. When I started researching, I have about 600 hours of research in this now, but when I first started, I thought, I bet you Grace's case is the first one where they were caught. And they were caught because we have all the records and we were there. Um, but we've we've heard of many cases now where uh, the same pattern is happening. And, and this is going to survive COVID. It's going to it's going to be the next wave that they're going to use to take people out. Yeah. And uh, my my OK, uh, I guess the big issue with my issue with this is. I, 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 you guys did a great job with this too, because I love, I love when this is like a prepared guest folks who, who gives you <laughs> stuff like this, because this makes it so easy for me. It's so linear. I can see everything. It's crazy. This is how his but, mind works. So it's perfect. Right. Literally they pushed her eight milligrams of both drugs before 727 PM, 727 PM being her time of death. Okay. And eight milligrams worth of lorazepam, Presidex, and morphine over the span of a, over the span of 17 hours. That's what she was given. She weighed 180 pounds. And he said, I wouldn't even, I only registered in, in the hospital as a full grown adult for pain, a half milligram of morphine for 24 hours. I couldn't even get a full milligram of morphine. Yet they pushed her eight complete milligrams of morphine in a 17-hour period. That's murder. That is nothing more. That is blatant effing murder right there. I, I'm getting angry just thinking about it because that just makes me want to go take care of things because th these are people that should not be alive. They killed her on purpose. That is a straight, like, if we do it like this, it'll look like over 12 hours, her, her numbers were fall, falling and what killed her was COVID. I, I, I hate, you know, um, before I even read the paperwork that, that you sent, when I first 
watched the that clip, it brought to mind stories that my grandpa told me because he left Austria just before the Anschluss. He was born to leave uh, and some of his family stayed behind. Um, but one of their big warning signs was that the government came to the house of a friend of his who had a little brother who was pretty severely disabled. I think the cord was wrapped around his neck when he was born and he was deprived of oxygen. So he didn't have Down syndrome, but he was um, legitimately retarded. That's, you know, that was actually the, yeah. uh, that, the medical term for it. Um, he had the, the brain of, he never really grew up past like six or seven, you know? Um, and my grandpa said he was the sweetest, sweetest little kid. And, you know, and it was such an achievement that he learned to tie his shoes when he was 12. Like, you know, it was the, the greatest thing. And, um, the government came and they said that they had started this wonderful home for kids like him and that uh, he could go and he could make friends and he could he could learn and he could develop and it was going to be this wonderful thing. And, you know, the family was, they didn't really want to give him up, but at the same time, they didn't really have a choice. The government put a, a nice face on it, but it wasn't like it is, or it was here, you know, you couldn't say no. So they, they gave up their, their child, their son, and, uh, and my grandpa and his friend went to visit him and, um, there were no children there. There was a crematorium out back. Um, they, they would bring the kids in and they would administer probably the, pretty much the exact same cocktail that they that they gave grace almost exactly. I'm sure. Um, and, and they went right out the back door. Um, and it happened to, I don't even know, thousands of disabled people. And it wasn't just kids. It was, you know, it was the, the disabled, the elderly, anyone that they considered to be a drain on society, people that were not productive members of society. And they, they went to these homes where they could be taken care of, except they weren't taken care of in the way that the government said that they were going to be. Um, and it's it's happening all over again. It it really is. Actually, I have another question. Was Grace, because it looks like here, um, just judging by the chart you put together, um, it looks like she was in her own room. She had her own own room. Yep. She was on a floor. So she wasn't in ICU. Well, that's an interesting question. First, I, I want to make sure people know the amount of morphine that she got was two milligrams. I think you said eight. I just want to make sure people are. I, I'm it. saying eight total of everything. I, from oh, what I, all I'm, those meds, all, all those meds, adding it all up, eight milligrams yeah, okay. total. Got yeah, correct. So, yeah. So what happens when a person is put on Presidex? Two things happen technically, and this is real important for people to understand. So technically the room changes to ICU. Grace never changed rooms and the care never changed, but the amount of money the hospital received changed. So that's one of the motivations to put somebody on Presidex. The second thing that, that happens, which is more significant, is the patient is now labeled with a classification that you can't just take them out. So like the day when I got kicked out by the armed guard, if I would have just said, I'm taking Grace with me, I couldn't anymore because she was sedated. We didn't know this until we start reviewing the records, but she's sedated. And then if you try to take somebody out at that point, 
it's called against medical advice. So that classified her at a different status. So we couldn't just say we've had enough of this and take her out. Um, so it, it's significant people know that because you don't want your, your loved one on any sedation med whatsoever unless it's medically necessary and they should have to prove that. You know, so they should have had to prove it to us. And of course they didn't do that. And with a respiratory, with a respiratory virus, which is what, you know, they claim that she had, uh, there's, they should never be sedated. With that though, when, when, when you, you talk about just so everybody's aware, ICU as compared to a normal room, a normal room, room or ward wing, depending on what your orders are, um, depends on the amount of times you get checked on a day. So for instance, if you're a 12 hour check, that means the nurse rolls through once every 12 hours to make sure that you're okay. Um, when you're in ICU, it's a requirement that every hour there is a nurse checking at your bedside because normally you're on drugs. Any There's a couple combinations of drugs. Yes, the amount of morphine that she was getting wasn't enough. However, there is several combina- combinations of drugs that automatically shift that setting into an ICU. ICUs are normally, uh, you normally if you're a loved one, family member, you don't go back there. Um, you're not allowed back to an ICU. ICUs are just for one, the patients. One at a time. Um, okay, one at a time if they have their own private little wing. I know in the military it was very rare. No, um, we were allowed one person at a time. So <laughs> ICU part of it, I mean, that changes just based on the lorazepam and the Presidex being used together in and the proximity in which it was used. She should have been immediately shifted to an ICU type setting to where they were checking on her um, requires surveillance every 15 minutes. We've got an old retired nurse who don't call her old. She'll kill you. I know young, young, <laughs> young lady, retired nurse who um, she she's uh, our benefactor, ours, yeah. and a very good friend of ours. And uh, she and I have a lot of the same stuff, but we talk about it all the time. So every 15 minutes they're coming in checking on you. I remember that because I couldn't stand that crap. Yeah. They would come in and wake me up. And I, I swear it felt for no reason. Sometimes I was just like, just leave me alone. Trying to go to sleep. But anyway, um, that is the big difference. And when I, I, I read this, that's what I'm seeing here. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. If this is negligence, this is such gross negligence that not only should they lose their doctor's license for the rest of time, but they should be brought up on charges and put in jail because outside of this just being a planned murder, um, this is straight up. There's so many irregularities to what's supposed to happen in a hospital setting such as this. And what you're talking about being removed by an armed guard. Uh, I, uh, this is getting ridiculous. I mean, I don't know when we're just going to finally say enough is enough, but I, I can't believe it. It's going to be, I, I'm, I mean, I hate to say it. I hope it's not a couple more graces because we don't need that. Well, there's already been several more graces and, you know, the combination of things that you're talking about is, is actually even worse than what you think. So the package insert for morphine says that they're supposed to monitor the patient, which you already brought up, and they're supposed to have the reversal drug bedside. Yep. After they gave Grace the morphine, no nurse or doctor stepped foot into that room until after they pronounced Grace dead. So okay. 615 was the morphine, 727 time of death. No doctor or nurse came in the room. In order for that combination of meds to have been given to Grace, of course, the doctor had to order it. 
the particular doctor in this case has between 11 and 20 years of experience based on the hospital website. The hospital pharmacist would have had to sign off on that order. The Because that combination causes death, according to the package insert, the alarm had to be overridden. So the alarm that would have been set off when they ordered those meds had to be overridden. And the, the nurse in charge of Grace's case that day, in fact, the last two days, was a 14-year ICU nurse. So she had 14 years of experience just in ICU care. So she had to make a conscious choice to inject those meds. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's so, uh, you know, Not about seven, seven no. weeks ago, I came up came to the conclusion that I believe this is premeditated murder. Absolutely. And it's after, I mean, I did an awful lot of research and as you, you already have a sense, but I mean, I couldn't think it was murder at the beginning until I proved it myself. And, and now there's just this overwhelming amount of evidence that I can't see it another way. So there's like two things there that you brought up that you're absolutely right with. And I keep going with it because there are two alarms that would have gone off. The first alarm, when the drug was ordered, especially the Presidex, it would have brought up a little, little alarm in the computer, which the pharmacist would have had a punch in a date and time. Because one of the alarms that pops up in the computer is when was the patient ventilated? Because then what it gives you automatically is a drop down for exactly how much the dose that you give. And then it says, hey, look, after three hours, you stop using this drug. And then you have to put in a start and an end time, too. After that alarm, that you're dang right, that 14 year whatever ICU nurse, Janet was uh, one of those. I, I got to tell you right there, that alone shows, again, if it is gross negligence, it, that is it. Uh, right there, it's premeditation because they ordered the medicine in order succinctly. And then you show the dosing times. I, I don't understand why you would need to give somebody uh, lorazepam. Uh, half a milligram of lorazepam uh, spaced by four minutes. That just yeah. to me blows my mind. Why would you give a full milligram in two shots? There's no nurse in the world that would do that. Well, on top of that, at 1048, if you look at that that chart, at 1048, she was already knocked out. The Presidex knocked her out. Jess was in the room. She said they knocked her out. So they're giving her anti-anxiety. I mean, lorazepam's an anti-anxiety med so yep. who's ever been anxious when they're knocked out it doesn't make any sense and one thing that's not on that timeline just based on when i did the timeline is we found out <clears throat> we had requested all the records tom we we had the the wonderful blessing of having tom wrens lead up our legal team we met him in in this process and Ultimately, he hired a medical malpractice nurse to review the records. I gave her everything, which we had about 250, 300 pages. And she said, Scott, you're missing at least 1,000 pages. So I said, well, how can that be? And she said, that's what they do. So I said, can you write up a new request so we can get the missing pages? So she did, and we got 948 pages. On page 853, it shows the smoking gun, which is the doctor put the DNR order on Grace. So this is an illegal DNR order. Yeah. He put it on her at 10.56, eight minutes after maxing out the Presidex. So one of the attorneys speculated that the the timing is so suspicious that he thinks that they thought the, the Presidex would take her out. So they had to get the DNR in place to be able to accomplish their goal, which, you know, when we hollered, she's not she's not DNR save our daughter, which you saw in the, the eyewire clip. 
that by state statute and every state statute would be the same that null and voids any dnr in place no matter even if grace put it on herself yep yep absolutely and dnrs uh, just so you're all aware those are legal documents a yeah. judge has to sign off on those like i i was a firefighter trust me i i know what it's like showing up i showed up at a house and this lady was crying and she was her eyes were she's like she's like but you can't do anything i said uh where's the dnr and uh that has to be it has to have the uh uh, the notary, notary but in a notary in a and hospital, a judge in a hospital setting it's different no it's not no it's not it's the same freaking thing they have judges on site they have notaries on site to do that specific thing right there in the hospital it is not different and i told the lady i said do you have a dnr do you have a signed dnr and i know we were taught what to look for they said hey look these two things have got to be on there if they are not on there with the patient's name uh you start compressions immediately and she did not the only sh thing she had was like a half a photocopy of a request for one. And I was like, nope, that doesn't cut it. And we started compressions immediately and started pumping drugs and the whole bit. And um, I I'm telling you that DNR thing, it is it is very specific. It is very it is very acute because the judge understands what the person is requesting. And the judge says under clear mind and conscience that and not under duress that this person is requesting uh, do not resuscitate. Um, However, it automatically alters it the second a parent or the patient themselves screams out, save me. That is no longer. It doesn't even exist anymore. So right. this is all, uh, like I said, this, this is murder. I mean, it is, it is premeditated. Um, it's disgusting. Uh, it, it, it fucking makes me very angry. I, I, thank God it was you and it was not me because I still have the hospital today. Well, I, I, I have left. You'd have gotten John Q on that, but yes. <laughs> um, uh, so let, I'm glad to hear that Tom Renz is in charge of your legal team, Scott, because he's he's been on the show a number of times. We love him; he's fantastic. Um, such a, a smart man, works so hard, uh, and with a, a great sense of humor. You know, out of left field, you don't see it coming. <laughs> but uh, but um, have you? Have you guys filed a criminal complaint with the sheriff? Like, um, what what route are you taking with that? Uh, I can't talk about that on the of air course. at this point. Um, and I don't know the route exactly that Tom's team is taking. I have a Zoom call with the team tomorrow. And, um, you know, to get, I'm get, I need to get a handle on the route myself because I'm doing all these interviews and people are asking. And, you know, they're just, they're just starting to work on, assembling things now so they're very familiar with the case i've given them everything of course i've i uh, not only met tom he interviewed me twice on his own podcast and you know so in the medical malpractice nurses already reviewed the records but i don't know the legal theory that they're going under and you know i'm analytical and plus i'm on all these interviews so i've got to get my arms around that and that's one of the purposes of the the zoom call tomorrow I understand completely. Uh, Mick was also an investigator for a long time before he was a medic or kind of during, he did a lot of overlapping things. So um, yeah, we, we understand you got to keep things under wraps until, uh, cause yeah, you don't want to give away your cards before you go in front of a judge. So um, I, I mean, you do realize like it, folks, I, I know a lot of people don't, but uh, we're given two needles uh, they're auto injectors. And if you don't believe me, these little things, they shoot out needles out of the ends at 90 miles an hour. And, uh, two of the drugs that were given 
in the military in our NBC kit that sits on our leg. And trust me, I heard number of people with stupid stories of reaching in because they used to store their tobacco stuff in there and they'd reach <laughs> in thinking they're grabbing some like dip or something. And literally the needle, they hold their hand up and the needle went right through their hand and it's sticking right out of their hand. Had another one with a first sergeant who like laid on, he laid, he was using his mask as a pillow and he laid on it the wrong way. It went right through his ear, dang near into his head. I mean, and atropine's, atropine is no joke. When you get just a, a dab of it on your skin, it feels like your skin's crawling, your heart's racing like 9 million beats a minute. You're like, oh my God, I can pay attention for hours now. I can so afford to pay attention. Look at this. And it is ridiculous. But lorazepam is the other one we're given. And they taught us in school when you go for this stuff that you take it and you, you hit yourself with the atropine first and then immediately hit yourself with the lorazepam. And, or not immediately. They said, wait five minutes. And then when you actually get out of the, you know, you get out, you get out and you get back to your unit. Your unit tells you, yeah, don't do that. Just hit yourself with the atropine and immediately hit yourself with lorazepam. And I'm sitting there, why? And I asked the medic and the medic told me, he's like, dude, you won't even be able to stand up after you take, because you get basically three full milligrams of atropine. Mm-hmm. And the uh, you get eight milligrams of lorazepam in one dose. So, so basically, your heart's going to explode. So the basically it brings it up it and then shuts it down and stops it, and so that the whatever you breathe in works its way doesn't affect you anymore, and you come back to life is yeah. the idea. But um, I've never seen it work, so don't trust it. it's from the government. But that's <laughs> the type of ju- drug that she was given uh, more than once, three times in total, four times in total. I just. Wow. I'm just amazed how much, what they gave her, um, the fact that they didn't have the uh, naloxidone on right there, because anytime that you administer morphine, you have to have, it it comes in the box. You have have a, a naloxidone right there, right next to your needle for the morphine. And if you accidentally, however you screw that up, because it already comes preloaded, you accidentally give your patient too much, you can stick them right then in there with the naloxidone. I, I just, I, I, uh, this is so bad. It's not even, uh, I, I mean, this is murder. That's it. I, I can't say anything more about it. It is just murder. And the fact that you had doctors ordering it, you had nurses skipping over. For instance, um, uh, Janet brought it up too. She said, uh, and she's our, she's our retired nurse. Um, they had to, uh, the nurses had to override the uh, Pixie system. And uh, the overdose is documented by the Pixis Med system that will have date and timestamps for when the drugs were issued and when you were when they were given the drugs and when the drugs were administered because they have to enter both times, especially when it comes down to controlled narcotics. They have to enter all those times in the system. So for them to return the stuff, you just don't go to like a sharp spin and throw the knee. That's not the way this one works. You actually have to take it back and say it was given and so on and so forth. This much was given. And this is the time that, that the drug was started. This is the time the person was off the drug. And that is all stored in the system. And it shows you right there that all of that stuff right there is documented proof of either a cover up or a murder. What did, what did they state the cause of death was? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, the, um, the, the package insert for morphine, or excuse me, for Presidex says specifically that 
if it's used for more than 24 hours, it, it has uh, causes ARDS, which is acute respiratory distress syndrome, respiratory failure, and agitation. The first cause of death, acute respiratory failure with hypoxemia. So hypoxemia is also a result of using Presidex, which is low oxygen. So the Presidex is a direct cause of the first cause of death listed. Of course, the second cause of death is COVID-19 pneumonia because then they get the death bonus. Well, well, the other part of that too is morphine also has that effect in which she was pushed two milligrams of IV pushed two milligrams of morphine at 6.15 p.m. That will have that same effect too. And for a child that size, two milligrams of, two milligrams of morphine really isn't that much. But when you look at all the other drugs that are in her system in conjunction with morphine, yeah, that's going to hype. It's going to hyper, um, what is it? Uh, with vitalate or uh invitalate your hyperventilate hyperventilate no not hyperventilate but like it's going to make all of those symptoms of the other drugs that much worse with the additional morphine uh it's just gonna yeah accelerate all of those things that's just and then oh, of course they had to throw COVID 19 in on there well yeah um this is crazy. So uh, we have people uh, in the audience asking where they can where they can donate to help you out. Um, you know, legal fees are are not cheap. So where can where can people go to help you out? Um, share Grace's story with uh, with with their friends, people that are considering going into the hospital, that kind of thing. We have a fantastic website set up. So all of the research, well, not all of it, but most of the research that I've done is posted there. It's uh, ouramazinggrace.net. So Grace is, there's pictures, videos. Uh, the tragedy tab is there with all the research. And then if you want to help out, we have a how can you, how can you help tab. And we have a give, send, go set up uh, underneath that, that tab of the website. So we, of course, appreciate that if you're so inclined to do so. Fantastic. Absolutely. Our, uh, Absolutely. We have, we have a, we have the best audience yeah. ever and uh, they always do that. They always ask. Absolutely. So, all right, Scott, well, this has been fantastic and horrible all at the same time. So um, I'm sure you get that a lot. So, um, but I'm um, surprised at what's going on. I, 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 I'm going to definitely start where, where are you, where are you located at? Wisconsin. We're, we're near green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay. Is it warm up there by any chance? It is today. It's 90 degrees right now. Nice. Oh, you guys must be sweating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's been, there's only been a half a dozen days above 80 so far this, this year. So it's, uh, I'm not complaining about the 90, but it does. Every time it gets 90 in Wisconsin, it's also humid. So it's a little tough. Yeah. Well, we, we live in Georgia on the coast, so we're, very, oh. very familiar with heat. You know what that's about. <laughs> right now, we're closer to the sun than any other state. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, or maybe to hell. It is Georgia. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the devil did come down here. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, there, there is a, a piece I should tell you just because it is, it, it's, it's a neat thing. You know, people, you've got to do something constructive when something like this happens, and. And one of the uh, attorneys that I've come to respect at the beginning, you know, before I met Tom Renz and we're investigating the legal piece of this, and it's just dead end after dead end because of, of state statutes protecting the doctors. Anyway, so I asked him, his name is Lee. I said, Lee, what would you, if I wrote you a check for 250000 what would you do with it? And he said, you, I, I wouldn't take your money because we can't win. He said, you'd be better off putting it in billboards. 
And uh, so then he didn't know my personality. We got the first billboard up and I sent him a picture and he said, I, I never thought you would do it. I said, Lee, if I go, if I get sued for these billboards, you're the one who is going to jail because it's your idea. And <laughs> we got to, we got to chuckle out of that. So by the end of this month, we'll have 17 billboards up in our area, five different vinyls. And we have the campaign running through next May and it's 250,000. But we are getting the word out in our area. You know, hundreds of thousands of people have seen these boards. Uh, awesome. It's, it's, uh, it's, a neat, it's a neat way to do it. It is. Absolutely. And you know what? I, more and more people have started doing that. There's a billboard um, right by us that... The first time we went past it and we first moved to this area, my kids were like, Mom, look. And it's uh, it has the COVID vaccine injuries um, and uh, and COVID vaccine deaths with updated VAERS data. And it it changes regularly. As the VAERS data does. Yep. And then uh, I know Tim Cast has one in um, Times Square. Yeah, where, where he's been throwing stuff out there too. So, uh, you know, people are people are starting to do that, put up billboards because you know what, if they, they shut, they shut everything down. Um, they, they can't shut us up. So yeah, that's right on. Yep. Very true. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on, Scott. We really appreciate it. And, uh, we will certainly, uh, keep up with, with, uh, what's going on with y'all and, and, uh, tell Tom we said hi. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Great Have to meet you, night. sir. You too. Wow. That's a, yeah. again, that's amazing. Uh, www.ouramazinggrace.net. Yes. Uh, you can check out the video. You can see all the research. There's a gifts and go link up there. Uh, you can donate, uh, Tom Renz. I'm pretty sure he's going to take care of him. I'm not too worried about that. But one you know what, Tom, uh, Tom's a small attorney in, in Ohio and he's got, uh, he, the man works like 20 out of 24 hours a day. This is you know, true. he, he doesn't have a huge practice making millions of dollars. So, um, yeah, he needs to feed his family too. So, but either way, I mean, he's a hell of, he's a hell he's of a, a gift. Hell, absolutely. I've just, he's a patriot. So, you know, that's, um, he actually cares about the truth. Yeah. You know, I, I heard a, I don't know, a podcast I was listening to. Um, and I uh, uh, might've been on Alex Jones. Anyway, this attorney was on and no, he's not an attorney, but he's a guy that he actually teaches classes on like how to represent yourself. And all of his people always win because as he puts it, he said, attorneys generally, are, they're all part of the bar association they do not have your best interests at heart. And by law, they do not have to have your best interests at heart. So, you know, there's a reason why there's all those lawyer jokes. When you find a good lawyer, you keep them. Yeah. Tom's one of them. Yep. So anyway, um, Janet, we'll see you later. I'm, I'm so glad you caught that too. Share it, please. Anyway, so, all right. Uh, into the news. Uh, that wonderful stuff. Yeah. I don't even, oh. oh, those are those are uh, some of Grace's videos. I was on right. their on their website already. The ouramazinggrace.com. dot net. net. Sorry, ouramazinggrace.net. Yes. So. So what do we get to talk about today? Uh, lovely oh. stuff, actually, because since we're in COVID, we might as well just go jump right into it. Hmm. So uh, if you had COVID, you're likely protected for life. Hello, I've been saying that for two years. So get this. But so so get how they, they just came out with a new test. Guess how they're going to test for COVID now? 
How's that? Do you remember, uh, and Janet probably would, but she already jetted. So great, Janet. Thanks. Um, Hold on one second. Uh, Pam Zim, I, I, I was following here as well that um, same thing happened to your mom. I'm so sorry. It, this is absolutely oh, horrible. Um, I, I will say I, I would recommend that you reach out to Tom as well. Uh, if you go to rens-law.com. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, rens-law.com and reach out to Tom. I want to, um, hold on. Do I have a, you might, might have, have a banner up here. Uh, you might have a banner on. for him. Because I, I don't remember if I put one up here. I thought I did. Maybe not because I know he gets a little overrun, but um, yeah, maybe not. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, so yeah, Tom, Tom Renz. So Renz, it's Renz-law.com. Um, and uh, and definitely, you know, tell him your story about your mom and see what he can do to help because, you know, that it, it's so important that we hold these people accountable for what they're doing. Because if we don't, they're never going to stop. What we just heard tonight, I'm sorry, that that's straight up. That, that's straight Murder. up homicide. That Murder. is a straight Absolutely. up fucking homicide. Uh, it, it, there's no other way to to define that. It, that. That's all it is. It is a murder. They killed that girl. They killed her for no other reason than to hopefully, I, I fuck, I don't know. Um, I just Renz, Renz not R tens. R e n z z r e n z dash dash law. law. Uh, but that was just murder. Um. And everything that we've seen with COVID so far, um, Renz. Hold on, I'll post it. All right, you post it. Yeah. Um, everything we see about COVID, everything that you see these doctors doing, like Justin said, I got to agree with him. You can't be any, he can't be any more right about this. Look, it's going to get to the point where the guy loses it. Actually, we already saw it. It's already gotten to that point. Dude went into the hospital in Colorado the other day. Wasted his doctor, some other doctors, a couple security guys, and that was it. Done. Why? Because he had a failed surgery and he was still in pain. Hey, I, I got to tell you, I know what it's like to be in that type of pain over and over every freaking day. You, you just kind of get to that point where shit ain't really working and nobody's listening to me. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in here with my no button and say, nah, bear. Nah. Of course I would stay there a little bit longer and do a lot more damage, but whatever. Anyway. So back to what I was saying before about COVID, which is why I still don't understand why they call January 6th an insurrection because we didn't bring any of our guns. Sorry. I just had to throw that in there. <clears throat> so if you had COVID, uh, since we're on COVID, mm -hmm. um, so first of all, guess what they built to detect COVID now? What? They built a new test. And guess what the test tests for? The flu? No. It is built to detect the IgM and the IgG or the CCGG oh, the genome the, pattern. The inserted gene. The inserted gene. Yep. So they're admitting, now they're proving that I that we're right, that this is a man-made virus that was built because now they're admitting the existence of this double CCGG gene that's running around in your nucleotides in your body if you have been, if you've gotten COVID. So that's how they're testing for it first. Second. The new viewpoint is that if you had COVID, you're likely protected for life. In the initial case, uh, major congratulations as to all of you who have had COVID. 
short or long-term, according to the team of researchers from Washington University School of Medicine. In fact, you're more likely to be immune for life as it is a case-for-case -case recovery in infectious agents. Once you've had the disease and recovered, you're immune. Go effing figure. Um, the news uh, that's been to the public uh, for the last year or so, seasonal coronaviruses cause common colds, yield short-lived positive immunities and reinforcements occurring to 6 to 12 months previous to the infection. Early data of the SARS-CoV-2 found that their antibody uh, teeters declined rapidly after the first month of recovery. But since we've had more time to study this, and the longer it's gone on, uh, this professor, Ali El... Elibadi, uh, a PhD and associate professor with pathology and immunology at the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, pointed uh, to an assumption that was flawed in the starting of the news release. Last fall, we were in the reports that the antibodies wanted waned quickly after infection with the virus causes COVID-19. And the mainstream media interpreted that to mean that immunity was short-lived. But that was a misinterpretation of the data. As it normalized, the antibody levels go down for acute infection, but they do not go down to zero. They plateau. They translate into T-cell immunity. Exactly. Yeah. Which is general, Which basic immunity. immunity for good. And uh, Okay, and I'm sorry, but the military knew that from the very beginning. Yes, they did. How do I know that? Because I was fucking patient zero and the military was using me as a guinea pig to see how long the COVID antibodies would last. Because while uh, I- You're not patient zero, get the fuck out of here. They said, the, the, the doctor down here said that I was the first down patient- here. That they, in Savannah, I said, the first patient that they knew of in this area that had COVID because I got it in February of 2020. And I had a positive antibody test in fucking April. And then they tested me every three months after that. Still testing positive for antibodies. Um, they went up again when I had it, Omicron. And then, you know, down again, whatever. And he was like, you probably had Omicron because your antibodies would are up. Did you uh, did you have a, a some cold symptoms? And I was like, yeah, my kid had COVID like two weeks ago. And he was like, yeah, okay. Didn't bother you? I was like, nope. He was like, that's what natural immunity does. Yep. See how that works? Yep. So if you're in uh, South Carolina, Nevada, and Maine today, it's primary day. Ooh, how's our, how's our boys hopefully doing? Hopefully you're out not voting. How's our boys doing? Probably terribly. Probably. They're probably stealing it. I don't Bob, know. I haven't Bob seen Muscle any Life. numbers. I haven't seen any numbers yet. Uh, but I just hope you went out. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this because I don't want to say it. So maybe I just won't say it. Don't say it. Don't say okay. it. All right, so I'm it. just not going to say. But anyway, uh, it is interesting because we've heard some, I've already heard some weird shit mm -hmm. coming out about uh, South Carolina, especially in the primary class, uh, because this is, again, Trump testing Trump's influence, uh, endorsement influence, I should say, mm -hmm. because uh, Nancy Mace is running against uh, Katie Arrington, uh, who Katie Arrington was given Trump's endorsement. Nancy Mace did not. Um, because Nancy Mace has always been a crazy bitch. I don't, I, she looks like a nice person really on the surface, but you can see it in her eyes. She has that, those eyes that like, I mean, look at, look at this, look at this picture. All right. No South Carolina results right. yet, but we'll keep, I'll keep an she, eye on it. She's, she looks like a fucking psycho. I'm just saying she just, she has the psycho eyes. I don't know. There's something about her. She, there's something about her. Like if I was gonna like have a one night stand with her, I would definitely use an assumed name 
an address and phone number. Did Trump endorse McMaster? I don't remember. I don't know if he did. Because if Trump endorsed McMaster, Musselwhite might actually win. Just saying. I don't know if he did. McMaster has pissed everybody off in South Carolina. I know, but you know, that doesn't, you know who else is really pissing me off in fucking South Carolina. Who's that? Oh, what's, uh, what's a short fat dude? Uh, the representative Lindsay, Lindsey Graham. Graham. Yeah. That liberal. He's fucking pissing. Me. Um, hello. Have you seen his wife? No, she's straight up Chinese. Her parents are on the CCP list. Oh, go figure. So uh, while kicking around today, I also found this one, Fed likely to boost interest rates by three quarters of a point by the end of the week. Yeah, we're fucked. Three quarters of a point, guys. Normally three quarters of a point is what you get in one year. Yeah. Yeah. Not in one week. Yeah, exactly. So, and yes, you're right, Lindsay. It is Trump's birthday today. I also forgot. Shit. Happy birthday, Donald Trump. Oh yeah. And it's the army's birthday it today. It most fucking certainly and is. And you did forget. And I did forget, but you're I a... have the, no, I, I remembered. You just wouldn't let me play. I didn't even know. You were like, you know what today is? And I was like, no, I didn't even know the date. He was like, what's today's date? I was like, I don't fucking know. I had to go look at the calendar. And, no and, idea. And just an honor of uh yeah see mcmaster is a trump guy so if they fix it bob musselwhite might actually win this uh, uh yeah. he might pull it off he might so in honor of uh all of our soldiers out there That's enough of that. Thank God. But anyway, so yes, oh, uh, it wow. is. It is. Uh, yeah, they did do that today. It is Flag Day. It is Trump's birthday. What it's else? Constitution is it? Day. It's Constitution Day. Which um, I was told that kids don't learn the Constitution in school because Constitution Day falls during the summer. So teach your kids about the Constitution that was tomorrow. Literally, what my kids' teacher told me. I was like, yep. "Are you fucking kidding me?" And of course, to the beloved Wolfpack. Oh. <laughs> And our savage patriots. That they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. So understand, folks, that if this uh, if this goes up, like I, I'm thinking, uh, because there were some other numbers that were re released today. That Did anybody jump out of the windows on Wall Street yet? Not yet. Not yet, but we're getting there. We're very close. Uh, if they raise the interest rates again, if, next week the same way they did this week well uh i could definitely see some people doing that walking right out the fucking window i mean i thought i, I thought the stock market might rally one one or two more times no I, I don't think so but uh the ppi came out today it's the uh consumer price index uh basically it is how much the companies that make things for you are paying for the individual things that go into the one thing you want 
uh, understand normally that number is anywhere around two to two and a half percent normal. Um, they came out today. It was 10.8. So our money or what the, the length of your dollar, just go ahead, clip it all the way back to where your thumb and your forefinger can hold on to it and chop all the rest of that out because that's now how much your dollar is not worth. But make sure you hold on to the two, two serial numbers or it won't be worth anything. So this is federal reserves got to check it. You know? This is it's horrible. Shit's getting worse. And I literally, we just talked about it last night. I mean, I told you we're already in a recession. You're like, no, yes, no, we are. Yep. I, I don't know how to do that shit. <clears throat> Mick and Vila. I don't know how, I didn't know how to do it in the first shit. place. So <laughs> fuck, I, I'll have to figure it out. You'll have to give me a day. All right. Hmm. I want to know if there's a, a more to the answer. And the reason I, I, I say that is, you know, Ukraine, COVID, obviously, uh, have exacerbated the situation. But I think even if you were to take those, both of those pieces off the table, we would still be having uh, an inflationary story. Absolutely, because, well, first, first of all, we're having an inflationary story in every advanced economy uh, in the globe. And, and in fact, inflation is historically elevated everywhere. So it's certainly not just one country's fiscal or monetary policy. But then the question I, is, I, what did the White House miss? And, and what's the lesson of that? I don't think the White House missed much uh, at all. It really? I, I, I don't think the White oh, House no, missed, no, no, missed no, no, much they, of they all. No, they didn't miss anything because it was anything. all on purpose. Well, that's just another, that's more proof. And my God, Biden sucks stuff, dude. All right. That was funnier than shit. Market's so bad, we can't pull out. We have to cream the pie. <laughs> I honestly, you know, <laughs> I, you long time, I, I thought suicide week referred to when parents figured out what they did to their kids regarding the jab. But now I wonder if it doesn't refer to what's coming with the stock market, a repeat of 1929. So we, we have a probability. Okay. Right now, because of the PPI index that came out earlier today. Yeah. I'll get to Justin's dad, trash man green. Just give me a minute. Um, because of what came out today in the, the PPI report, okay, the probability, we have a 96% probability as, of a 75 basis point move as of early Monday next week. 75 points. What that means is we're talking even higher. They're, they're talking about interest rates right now only three quarters. They're talking about another 75 points past that by Monday of next week. So they're going to raise it like a, like a, a buck 50. Yeah. A point and, and a half. And, and not so a if you have an APR, if you have an adjustable rate on your mortgage, like you were paying one and a half percent, you're going to be paying 6% next month. You're going to be paying 9%. Uh, you'll be paying more like 10%. 11%. It'll be like yeah. 96 all over again. Yeah. It, it, the, the, which it was really funny because they were talking today again on the, on the news. Well, fucking Jean Pierre. I don't know if you pulled this clip. Jean Pierre got out there talking about how I did home mortgage. Mor okay. Well, then I may, got maybe the clip no, I don't, I don't know if I got about the mortgage rates and everything about, mm -hmm. cause I guess somebody went screaming like the fucking walls were on fire, uh, into Biden's office. And, um, he fucking, uh, 
I'm trying to remember exactly how they worded it, but somebody went running in there like the walls were on fire. Holy shit. Uh, the world's burning down. Uh, we're about to blow up the stock market, this, that, and the other fucking thing. And oh, man, they put a bag over him real quick and made him disappear because all of a sudden it was, well, and, and people saw it. Apparently people in the press saw it and they were like, whoa, hey, wait, wait a minute. What was going on with all the money? What was he talking about? The the stock market, we're going to blow it up, this, that, and the other thing. And um, apparently somebody went in there saying, hey, if you adjust interest rates too high, we can topple back the other way. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Didn't I say that last night? Mm-hmm. Shit. Well, play the next clip because we're still on inflation and finance and money stuff. Even though we do have Dr. Kirk coming on tomorrow to tell us, you know, we're fucked pretty much. I mean, that is obvious. Yeah. I thought everybody knew that, but apparently not. Apparently it's only known on those big jobs. If you have a 401k out there or if you're a retiree on a fixed income, it's pretty rocky right now, given what we're seeing with the inflation eating into your returns, uh, as well as the markets down. What do you tell those people? Look, the president is is deeply sympathetic to that. His uh, number one priority right now is tackling inflation. He's made that clear for for several weeks, several months uh, for now. But I think what we need to take a step back and look at is that uh, American households as a whole are doing very, very well. If you look at where we can, we were before the pandemic and where we are right now. What? I'm sorry, what? What did he say? He said that American households are doing very well if you look at before the pandemic compared to right now. Yeah, maybe like in Obama's term compared to right now, but no, not even then. Are you kidding me? Uh, apparently he wasn't. Apparently he was being quite serious. What a fucking moron. You can close that. I know that. I'm looking for actually another clip. Okay, well, great. while you're doing that, play the next one because that that's insane. Um, they said, don't worry, a lot of the big banks are already doing ISO crypto, but you don't know. They will save some accounts and show you that it's a good thing we backed up our system with it. Um, yeah, Lindsay said, I'm starting to think we're being used as hosts. Well, some of them might be anyway. What do you, all right, play the next clip. I, would you stop and just well, talk? What are you doing? Why are you sitting? I'm, I'm doing, why, why are you on your phone? I'm not. Do I ask you about why Play you're on the your next phone? Clip. Shut up. Jeez. Jesus Christ. Play the next clip. Yes. Quit your bitching. No. I can't play the next clip because I got to fucking still look for something else. Pain in my ass. <sighs> I don't want to hear it. Just sit there, be quiet, and color like you were told. <laughs> Actually, I was told to talk. Well, then move your lips. You're not moving your lips. Well, we're talking about money, and these guys talk about it better than I do. Then I can laugh at them. And we are being used. So she's damn right. Yes. Sense that uh, you're doing 10% year over year uh, plus or almost 11%. We still have a big problem up the pipeline. And that's going to filter down. And then the question obviously becomes how much that can be passed along to consumers and whether or not we're at some form of a breaking point of consumers rejecting these higher prices and <clears throat> businesses unable to pass them along. And that would hit profits. Peggy. Okay. Businesses are unable to pass them along and it's going to hit profits. Well, no, of course, of course they can't. Mm -hmm. Why, why would they? I, I, that they're, it gets passed along. It gets passed along to the fucking consumer and guess what? We get to fucking deal with it. Married, married much. Yeah. Thank you. I know. Yep. We're very married. We're very married for a very long time. 
Well, he's both. Leo Slayer, he's both. He's he's a moron and a liar and a thief and a criminal and everything else you want to call him. Um, it, it's just, I mean, for instance, I, the, the clip I'm looking for, I'm trying to find it. It's uh, Joe Scar Scarborough, uh, the moron from MSNBC. He's sitting there. Uh, I forget he was talking to. And they were talking about uh, Build Back Better because, you know, Biden's still trying to push Build Back Better in case you're all weren't aware. Let's spend another um, fucking billion dollars, six trillion billion dollars, six, whatever. Six trillion. Sorry. Six trillion. Um, this is it can't get any worse because this guy, he was uh, this other guy was fucking um, Obama's like guy that was in charge of all the money and His shit. economic advisor economic advisor yep while he was in the white house and he put that out there and he said yeah um this is our he's like this is horrible right now like our economy is literally crashing as we're looking at it and this is obama's economic advisor advisor saying this and he's like our our economy's fucking collapsing right now as we're watching it and uh Joe Scarborough sitting off to the side. Uh, do you remember Die Hard when the guy was like, well, that's like the uh, city in Switzerland when they were talking about the uh, uh, Stockholm uh, Stockholm syndrome, syndrome. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and during Die Hard. And he's like, well, that's like the city in Switzerland, right? And he's like, no, just shut up and sit down. It was kind of like that moment. But Joe Scarborough goes, well, thank God for mansion and Lisa and cinema. Because we'd have to deal with Bill back better. Like the guy does not have a fucking backbone at all. Anytime the water, the political waters flip, he runs right with the tide. He's like, oh, yep, you're absolutely right. Thank God for cinema and thank God for mansion, man, because we'd have to deal with Bill back better right now, which would have just printed another six trillion dollars with no backing for it whatsoever. OK, can they print 200 million for us? Yeah, why not? <laughs> There's no back and forth anyway. Fuck it. I'm good with it. Let's do it. Yeah. No one us, they'd give it to us in crypto and then steal it all back from us. I have to convert it into silver real quick. Yeah. I wonder if Dr. Dr. Kirk could get his hands on that much silver that quick. I don't know. Uh, where would we put it? We'd buy some land and no, a we farm. Wouldn't. No, we yeah, wouldn't. rubles. I'd, I'd put it in the pond and then I'd ask the alligators to the neighbor I, I would, the I neighbor would, offered up his kids to get our tractor out his grown kids apparently it's like gone around the neighborhood that our tractor's in the pond <laughs> it's all good i was like nah it's good it's all right it's part of the pond it's now fine. it's too late it's too <laughs> late fish, i've already walked way too mad the fish has made, made a home of it we bought a new one it's gonna stay there it's all good i've already uh, uh i've already walked away too mad exactly too mad. i'm too mad. done it's done <laughs> is this under my plan for the economy we made extraordinary progress and put america in a position to tackle a word what worldwide problem is worse everywhere but here inflation Wait, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. What? inflation is Hold worse on. everywhere but here i know you have to play it again because we don't understand what the fuck he's saying for the economy we made extraordinary progress and put america in a position to tackle a word what worldwide problem is worse everywhere but here worse inflation everywhere but here apparently apparently inflation is worse everywhere ha, but here has he lost his ever living fucking mind yes 
this mealy-mouthed fucking douchebag yes. is represents our country right now. Just Understand because that, they folks. pay $10 a gallon of, uh, for gas in Europe doesn't mean that... We have to, too. D- doesn't mean that two months ago they were paying $4 a gallon for gas. No, they were paying $9 a gallon for gas. We, however, have doubled or in some places almost tripled the cost of gas. So, I don't know. Anyway, here's this dumb cunt. Cotton candy again. It, she, did, I wonder if she cleaned that. Thing. Cotton candy mop head. I wonder if she cleaned I think she went on last night after whatever. Okay. Anyway. He has made this uh, his top economic priority as we're talking about inflation, as we're talking about uh, the economy. Like, we have to remember where this country was uh, more than a year ago when he walked into office. The economy uh, was not in a great place. Uh, schools were closed. Businesses were closed. We didn't have a comprehensive uh, COVID, uh, uh, COVID strategy. And what he ended up doing was meet that moment passed the American Rescue Plan. Only Democrats uh, 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 passed that plan. He signed it. It was his plan. And now we're seeing an economy that's bouncing back. That's amazing. I can't tell you what a piece of fucking shit you are. Yes. What the fuck? We're bouncing. No, we're not bouncing anywhere. We're bouncing right off the fucking high wire. Yeah, the a ball bounces and eventually it pops. That's where we're at right now. Holy shit. Leo said, excuse me, does anyone here speak moron? <laughs> I sure don't. Oh no, that's okay. Here's here's here. Leo, you can be our moron translator. How's that? Is it wrong to say dirty mop? Oh man, so wrong. <laughs> so wrong on so many levels. <sighs> so wrong. Republicans have it all backwards. <clears throat> Their plan literally calls for increasing taxes on middle class and working people and cutting taxes on corporations and wealthy Americans. That's so not true. He's not even, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're not. Folks. Like the lies just, they're so ridiculous. Okay. So don't worry about it because it gets worse. Yep. Media Matters and LGBTQIA12347891012 are trying to ban uh, libs of TikTok with outrageous claims. And libs of TikTok, she is in direct communication with Elon on twitter yep he's been responding to her it's pretty cool to watch it actually uh so anyway long story short basically they're going after him uh lives of tiktoks for just posting posting public events on twitter she's in threatening any of these groomers telling them that they're unleash the whirlwind and that they'll pay the price for their evil grooming she's not even trying to intimidate anyone she calls it out and just so people can laugh it's publicly posted information yeah. How can you get kicked off? If it's so dangerous, why are you posting it? And uh, so, and I've been watching the clips that she's posting. They had, you know, they've had a like drag queen story time and <laughs> like pride parade where like guys are, or things are whipping each other in front of like small children. And honestly, I, I couldn't even, it was so disgusting. I couldn't even bring myself to pull up one of those clips and, and bring it on here. I just, I couldn't. So I, if you guys want to see that, go somewhere else. Red State had a very uh, good article, too. Uh, surprise witness called by January 6th committee reveals big conflict for Liz Cheney. 
Yeah, she thought she was going to get a slam dunk on this one. And this one, uh, yeah. have you ever seen? Um, it's kind of like uh, Saving Private Ryan at the end, where they're slapping the sticky bombs on the tank, mm -hmm. and they cut the wick the wick too long on the one for the the first dude, and he goes to slap it on the tank, and the thing goes off in his hands, and it fucking obliterates his body. That's exactly what happened to her yesterday. It was really funny. Um, there are a lot of problems with the January 6th committee, not least of which has yet compromised the bias group that has only been appointed by the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi. But you're not talking about an independent inv investigation looking for truth. Even if you have an objective law enforcement uh, for doing any more in this case, this is the political show trial that it's meant to do. It's really weird, too, because I, I got some good insight on something else that we've been talking about but we didn't really put the nail in the head um but some of the things you're not going to know about what was going to go on monday at least one witness who would have connected all the red flags and the conflict behind the red flags it also says a lot about how they operate so they were supposed to have this former attorney uh bj J. pack um he was a former u.s attorney that was supposed to come on um I'm sorry, no. It was uh, one of the witnesses, Bill Stipenson, a former Trump campaign manager. But there's also something else that uh, was in important about St Stipen. He uh, was currently advising Rep Representative Liz Cheney's opponent, uh, Harriet Hagman, in the Wyoming race that is being it's going on in August. Yeah, this guy right now is representing her. Her opponent. Her opponent. And she's calling him to the stand to fly to freaking D.C. so that he can testify in front of the Senate select or the select committee. That's not a good idea. Yeah. She's completely trying to. So it tells me that I'm not real far off. by Well, saying now that they've postponed Wednesday's hearing. I know. Indefinitely. Because she got her dick slapped. Well, speaking of... Um, because now she's pulling out the Democratic playbook, and guess what else is happening? Hmm. Since she's play, pulling out the Democratic playbook and slapping it out there for everybody to see, now the Democrats are pissed, and they're like, nope, no more. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Now they're even talking about, as of this afternoon, because I was looking for the update this afternoon to go through, because there's this one place on Twitter you can go look. This guy like takes all the big moments of the hearing and slaps it into a quick video that you can get mm -hmm. through in like less than 30 seconds. And I normally go on there in the afternoon to get the update for what I missed during the day. If I, if I got to watch it, then I don't go watch that. But if I didn't get to watch it, then I go watch that. Uh, he went on there saying, well, there might not be any more updates. Cause there might not be any more hearings. There might not be any more live hearings. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do any more live hearings. They're going to mm -hmm. close the doors and, closes why are they closing the door and closing the session hmm. i thought they had a rock solid case i thought liz cheney came out earlier this morning and said nope fuck that we didn't say we no, were no, gonna no, no, le no. leverage any charges against donald trump yeah no you can't a case you are in the house of representatives you have no subpoena of powers you Zero. can't you can't call it a case because the case presents two sides there is no other side on this, right? It, not that they're presenting anyway. There is another side, but it's not what they're presenting. She read out Donald Trump's tweet and literally left out the last line where he called for everyone to go home in peace. Yeah. Forget the fact that he said we're going to peacefully, peacefully. and patriotically yeah. march over there yeah. and make our voices heard. Yep. No. Where in there did he say once that you better do it or you're going to hang Mike Pence. Never. Nope. 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 Didn't hear that once. Nope.
Oh, but in my liberal brain. But they um, had to Photoshop Newsom behind me. In my that liberal, was never there. Liberal brain. I, I guess I'm being told. Yeah, I didn't hear that. I heard something else. Yeah. Well, um, so speaking of Dick, uh, Lindsay asked, I think it was Lindsay asked if um if I saw uh Christina Aguilera dancing at Pride with a giant penis strapped on. Where's this? And yes, I did. Oh my see god, that. did you see Christina Aguilera dancing at Pride with a dick on? Yes, it was horrific. And I have to say why was she dancing around at Pride with a dick on? It was it was a it was a big, it was really long. It came like halfway down her thigh, but it was white. I've seen a lot of dicks and I've never seen a, I no, that's total no. <laughs> She's seen a lot of dicks. You know I have. Seen a lot of dicks. Yep. In her I have. Day. And and let me tell you. She's seen miles and miles of no, pecker never, come her way. Never seen a white guy with a dick doom, that big. Doom. Like, I mean, it was like like hell she knew it was him. like glowing white. Hell, okay? She blew him. And um, for 50, she like glow in the dark white. Him. Okay. It probably I think it was glow in the dark because she wanted to highlight it for real. Okay. I mean, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Why was she walking around with a dick? I don't know. But apparently her fat ass busted some freaking sequins off Marilyn Monroe's dress too, or crystals or whatever. I think it was her. I don't know. Oh my God. I, anyway, you're right, Lindsay. Dicks aren't attractive, right? The only thing less attractive than a dick is feet, maybe balls, but they kind of go together. Balls are definitely less attractive than feet. It's like, Balls and then feet. And Only then in dick. your case with feet. <laughs> Only in your case with feet. <laughs> See, Sarah said, I've seen a lot and I still picked your little Irish peen. <laughs> you should feel privileged, <laughs> special even. <laughs> no, it's not because of that. Look, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, don't get fooled. The Irish do have small, small penises. You're absolutely right. It's okay. We might not strike bottom. We will rock the shit out those walls, though. I tell you what. Okay, well, Christina Aguilera could have struck bottom on like four different chicks with that giant gawk. Okay, I'm surprised she didn't poke anybody's eyes out. I mean, it was probably it was kind of close. Those dancers got a little up close and personal. It was a little rough. Just saying. I watched her for like ten seconds, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. Hun, I'm, I'm gonna go play with the dice. I, I I thought I told you. Would you please stop sending the bags of dildos to everybody and their mother? <laughs> Told you to stop doing that. It wasn't glow in the dark. That one was proportionate. It was black. <laughs> it was. And I almost knocked somebody out with it. Literally, somebody was like walking through my door. I was standing up on the bed, like holding it like a baseball. And as he came walking through, right across his face that damn near dropped Wicks him to the ground said my pillows giza area looks like a vagina <laughs> okay all right let's 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 get off yeah no seriously that's what we do that's what the irish are we're wow. about might not strike bottom but we'll rock this shit out the walls okay so true it's uh you know uh remember Karen we're 12 Harry, inches you're, you're, you're probably around. you're probably glad you missed that that part so be grateful for that phone call. Call them back and thank them. <laughs> so instead, I'm going to bless you all with this lovely train wreck of a video. Oh, God. We need God in our lives after this. Parents thing. are United Methodist ministers, and but I've been castigated more than once about discussing politics in church. And I point out that if you read the Bible, the Bible is nothing but a political thriller. 
The Bible is nothing but a political thriller. That, Just remember that, Georgians. That, my friends, is Stacey Abrams, and she wants to be the governor of Georgia. But she thinks that the Bible is nothing more than a political thriller. Oh, shit. Hey, what's that on? So, um, so yeah, about that. That's not Georgia. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, by the way. That's New York. Georgians, that's like, who's going to be running? This is what we get to see. This is what is so annoying and frustrating to me because now I, I'm I'm so angry with elections. I'm so angry with how this is all working and to see them stealing the same shit all over again, doing the same thing over again. It is uh, killing me at best, I think is the best way to put it. Well, let me, um, let me tell you what's going on in New York right now. This whole thing with her and now our choice is between her or Brian Kemp. And I'm beginning to wonder which is worse. They both have done the same thing. They both have stolen a fucking election. Um, Kemp's going to be even more provable, which is the scarier part. Uh, and I can tell you that right now. That's going to really blow balls when that one hits and we find out all the rest of that. Um, Mike Lindell did come out with some information. Uh, I think it's packet cap- capture data. I don't know. I haven't seen the whole thing. I saw the beginning and um, unfortunately I got stuck. Um this is going to get interesting because now we're, we're down to voting between those two. I mean, if, if nothing kicks off between now and then that means I actually have to go cast a vote for Brian Kemp. Mm. Is it better to know the enemy I know, or to know the enemy I can, I I know what they're going to do anyway. You know, it's kind of like, which is worse, a broken leg or a broken toe. I mean, I wouldn't eat a piece of corn after Stacey Abrams, and there'd be a lot left. So yes, there would. I don't. Is she a dude, Leo Slayer? I, I, I don't know. You're welcome to check. <laughs> when Stacey Abrams loses again, she'll say it's because white people. I hate thought. Her. I thought it said and they're all racist. Hate her, oh, and they're no. all racist. <laughs> white people. I was like, yeah. Well, we, yeah. we've been feasting for a couple months. I, I mean, a lot of weight pushing there. No more rooms left in the freezers. I did make meatloaf for dinner. Okay. Um, not the singer. <laughs> I to say, are we going to go screaming in a oh, paradise by the dashboard yeah. light? No. All right. Um, so New York. I don't even want to talk about it because I don't live there. A, but B, it can't get anymore. Any worse. Well, yeah, no, it can. It can get worse. Don't say that because it, it will get worse. So from the New York post, NYPD exodus, police on pace to quit, retire in record numbers. So more than 1,500 NYPD officers have either resigned or retired so far this year. It's June. Forget the 3,000 that quit in the preceding four or five years. On pace to be the biggest exodus of officers since the the statistics have been available, the Post has learned. So some 524 cops have resigned. And 1,072 have retired as of May 31st, okay? So the 1,596 total is a 38% spike from the same period in 2021 when 1,159 cops called it a career and a staggering 46% climb from 2020 when 1,092 left the force by the same date. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, the city's, they say the city's out of control, especially since bail reform, according to the former Queens cop 
who has to be identified only as Joe. The mantra now is get out while you still can. Joe's patrol gig got worse and worse over time, he said. The last few years, so many people had been leaving and manpower was so low that you'd go to work and you'd answer 25 to 30 calls a day and you're burnt out by the end of the day, he added. Uh, there was no time for law enforcement because it would be radio run, radio run, radio run all day long. Even when he made an arrest, they were back in the precinct picking up their property the same day. Residents would ask, why does this keep happening? And I would have to explain to them, this guy's going to be locked up tonight, but tomorrow he's going to come down to your block again. He's going to be on the same corner. You're going to see him in the same stores committing crimes. And I wish there was more that we could do, but we can't. So um, last year, the number of cops who quit before becoming eligible for their full pension was the highest in two decades. And this year we're on pace for the highest ever recorded. Um, now understand their pension. They make, uh, they're like some of the highest paid cops in America. And their uh, pension in retirement. is 50% of their final average salary. And they, they their final average salary can be- $100,000 a year. Yeah. They're I mean, going to clear $100,000 yeah. a year in their pension. Yeah. So understand if you're willing to walk away from something like that, uh, that takes a lot of, that takes some balls. Because that means financially you're pretty much set. I mean, you have to work again. So the NYPD is sliding deeper into a staffing crisis that will ultimately hurt public safety, Police Benevolent Association Patrolman Union President Patrick Lynch said. Low pay, inferior benefits, and constant abuse from the city council and other anti-cop demagogues has pushed attrition to record highs, Lynch added, noting the department is struggling to fill academy classes. We need more cops working more hours to turn the tide of violence, but there's only so much overtime they can squeeze out of the cops who remain. So NYPD was hoping to hire 1,009 new cops for the class that was sworn in December, but they ended up graduating only 675. And the current police officer exam, whose registration began June 8th, is now free. Mm-hmm. Wicked gnarly, you, you just made me laugh hysterically. You're uh, never fucked if you're always on top. Like DJs. <sighs> completely agree the city is bleeding blue and only the cop haters will be celebrating there's no way to stop it activists abolitionists and their pandering politicians have done so much damage to the profession that it will take a generation to fix it if at all said joseph giacoloni yeah former nypd sergeant um so let's see what uh what the the esteemed mayor of new york has to say about it oh he's not worried come on you know he's not worried don't give it up. Over 500 cops are resigning and over a thousand are retiring. Does that concern you? Uh, no, it does not. New York City Police Department is an amazing career. You know, I know it firsthand. And we're going to find young men and women who are going to want to be a member of New York City finest. Uh, hold on on that one, folks. Let's listen to that one more time because I want you to hear something here. This is kind of important. 500 cops are resigning and over a thousand are retiring does that concern you uh no it does not new york city police department is an amazing career you know i know it firsthand and we're going to find young men and women who are going to want to be a member of new york city finest notice notice how he says i know it firsthand Mm-hmm. Well, he used to be a cop. Okay. No, he doesn't know it firsthand. And I've heard this from actual cops from New York City. He doesn't. You know what he knows? He knows about jumping in front of the camera, every possibility that he had a chance to get in front of a camera. Which is why he's now mayor. On camera. Yes. 
Yep. He is. He doesn't know the first thing about policing. He doesn't know the first thing about doing the job. He's no. He's worthless. Absolutely worthless. Well, and you know, with the the cop in the New York Post, Post story, he was talking about the criminals are going in. You know, they bring them in, and the next day they're right out again. And what's the reason for that? Well, let's see. How George Soros funded progressive legal arsonist DAs behind the U.S. crime surge. Hmm. And on here, it has uh, Philadelphia District Attorney, San Francisco's District Attorney, Los Angeles's District Attorney, Cook County's District Attorney. State and Attorney. It should have New York City's uh, District Attorney as well. Yeah, and Chatham County's too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so for the last several years, billionaire philanthropist George Soros has been quietly financing a revolution in criminal justice reform, doling out tens of millions of dollars to progressive candidates and district attorney races throughout the country amid movements to abolish bail and defund the police. Working with an activist attorney, Soros, 91, mainly funnels cash through a complicated web of federal and state political action committees, as well as nonprofits from coast to coast, public records show. Last year, the Foundation to Promote Open Society, a nonprofit in Soros' orbit, gave $3 million to the Community Resource Hub for Safety and Accountability, According to a recent report, this group provides resources to, quote, local advocates and organizations working to address the harm of policing in the U.S. Yeah. So um, basically, I mean, George Soros is just buying DAs to increase the crime rate in, in the United States because they want a color revolution. More or less. That's that's really it. I, it, it it's both. I, I want to say it's both. He's trying to. Uh, turn us from the inside out, more or less, uh, to go after us from the inside out, if you will. I think that's the best way to look at it. It's something he's done in other countries. This isn't the first country he's ever done this in. And he's been um, successful. And the progressives have been about this, or I should say the communists have yeah. been about this. I agree. We, we shouldn't just stop calling them progressives and start calling them communists because that's what they literally are. Um, but they... Thinking about the people that he's put in place or in charge so far, if you really examine it, he's put in people who don't believe in due process. He puts people he's put people in power that don't believe in the Constitution. Um, how about uh, let's see in California, Gascon? Yeah, he's L.A.'s district attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, he said the rush. In his inauguration speech, he said that the rush to incarcerate generations of kids of color had torn the social fabric of our communities. The status quo hasn't made us safe. And um, okay, Bowdoin, Bowdoin, I'm sorry, that's Bowdoin, took office in uh, 2020. His parents were members of the Weather Underground domestic terrorist group. Mm -hmm. mm. Isn't that interesting? Um, and uh, he was a former public defender and translator for former Venezuelan president, Hugo Chavez. We are, we are, you know, why is that surprising? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you know, it's just uh, crimes through the roof. Just if you're in a state that has constitutional carry buy a gun while you still can, if you're not in a state that has constitutional carry move to one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, well, either way, um, I think we're just going to hang out now because I got shit else left on the uh, on the clippies. Yeah, look at that. Maybe we'll finish up a little early today. Yeah. 
Well, on good news, uh, oh, we talked about that, that the Biden administration is dropping COVID testing requirements for national travel. Yeah. We talked about that the other day. I just didn't put it down. Okay. Well. Tomorrow, what do we got? Tomorrow, we have Dr. Kirk Elliott coming on to talk about money. Oh, 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 because Trashman Green money, asked money, me about money. it. Um, yes, Justin's dad still in the hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin was still there today. Um, actually, hold on. Because uh, we were having a bit of a conversation, text message conversation back and forth. I just asked him how his dad was doing. And uh, of course, Justin being Justin, I said, uh, I said, how's your dad doing? He's suffering. He's just in pain. He's not in danger of dying or anything. Uh, I was like, hey, give him some of your CBD. He said, I can't. It interferes with some kinds of the drugs. He said, then, then he said in quotations, he said, they say. I, I said, better yet, take the motherfucker out and just go get him stoned. And so this is what he sent me back. Uh, give me a sec because I got to blow this up. And I'll put the microphone with it so you guys can hear. <laughs> I can take him anywhere, Nick. He's, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm taking him anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You feel pretty good, right, Dad? So, yeah, his dad is in uh, pretty bad shape. Um, I mean, his back is in a lot of pain. I under, I can I can as, assimilate. As long as they don't give him a COVID test and, no, COVID actually, test and stick him on remdesivir. When, and... when me and him were talking, I was like, hey, I was like, dude, you're not wearing a mask. He goes, no, we don't have to wear masks in Vegas in the hospitals. I was like, are you serious? Nice. But you have to wear them into the fucking into the fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, the ca casinos? He said, well, that's a private establishment. I was like, oh. Wait, you have to wear masks in casinos? Yeah. yeah. The fuck? Yeah. All right, guess we're not yeah. going gambling anytime soon. No. Yeah. Uh, how's the duck? Duck is doing awesome. Um, I. Uh, oh, you mean our Chuck Norris duck? Yes, our Chuck Norris duck. He's, he's pretty kick-ass. I, I told you that there is a chance that the duck could have fucked up the raccoon yeah. or the fox. Yeah. There is a chance that, because it wasn't a very big opening in that gate. No. Which makes me think that it was a younger fox. That whatever it was. Whatever yeah. it was that was looking for food. Yep. And I, I think fucking Armstrong. Between the chickens and the duck. Whooped the fuck out of his ass. Yeah. And don't on, you're going to take a beating. Um, he took a beating. Yeah. And he's just fine. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. I, I'll fuck that little some bitch up. Comes back again. I'm just going to teach him how to shoot. That's it. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, no, I changed the water in their pool today, which basically means me emptying their pool out in their duck run, um, which because it's surrounded by cinder blocks so that the animals can't get in, all the water pools up inside there. So they play in it for like hours. It's hysterical. until so it all drains out and then I have to fill it up again and, and then they play in the fresh water. They're, they're pretty funny. So yeah, they're, they're having a blast. They're ducks. They are ducks. They're quite hysterical. But if I shop over there and I don't have a fistful of kale and Swiss chard, I get significantly yelled at. Like I can't, uh, there are many days that I walk outside to go see the ducks and I turn around before I even get to the duck run. I'm like, I, I got to go get. What is the I gotta ultimate go get some life goal of Duck Norris? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <sighs> to have little baby ducklings. He'll swim through land. He actually doesn't like to swim that much. Not as much as, as Blueberry does. <laughs> to slay his duck enemies, to see them driven before him, and then to hear their lamentations of his duck women. That's right. Hell yeah. 
Oh, dude, yeah. that was actually a really good paragraph you just wrote there. That's uh, like it. I might steal that. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, I made a pretty fabulous meatloaf for dinner with our dead cow. So let's go eat some of that. All right. Well, okay. you all fuckers have a good night. Yep. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, par for the course. Uh, Which and, I, uh, I do have them. Actually, I have them a, um, a, a dog bathing pool, which is huge. It's like five feet around um, and, and like 18 inches high. It's it's they've got a good size pool. So, yeah. Shit. Jake Wando no Basta. Yeah. So hey. either way, uh, we will be back. Yep. And uh, tomorrow, with Dr. tomorrow, Kirk 6 p.m. Eastern Standard, uh, we'll have more pulled out. We just didn't. We, I didn't see a whole bunch of new stuff today, uh, very little on any of the fronts that we've been tracking other than what we've already talked about. Um, and I got so hung up in the content with our guest. I was like, I'm, yeah, I, I couldn't really, I was crying. That was a, that was a tough I show. I was crying before the show. I tough was crying show. during the show. It's all good. So either way, uh, okay. we will be back tomorrow night and uh, we'll talk to you all then. Thanks for coming out uh, for the Mick. And be Lynn. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for watching. And served out in Afghanistan And now he's back living with me He can't afford good health care Then he sees illegals get it all for free I thank the Lord I've got a dang good job And an extra beat up truck That he can drive around the farm And try to make a couple extra bucks Want it all for free That don't sit well with me I pledge allegiance to this flag It's part of who I am I don't kneel for the anthem Never have and never will The only thing that my ancestors ever gave to me Was an ass-kicking patriotic good mentality some folks just don't see how damn blessed they would be if they had it. Here's to the American savage. I'd like to defund welfare and deputize 10 million more today. You want a civil war, you about to get one, cause it's time to drop dead weight. Just give me one hard worker, I don't give a damn what color that he is We come from different places, I just wanna know, do you have any grit? Some want it all for free, that don't sit well with me I pledge allegiance to this flag, it's part of who I am don't kneel for the anthem, never have and never will The only thing that my ancestors ever gave to me Was an ass-kicking, patriotic, good mentality Some folks just don't see how damn blessed they would be if they had it It's to the 
knocking outside of the gate I say let them in, lock and load and we wait If evil is knocking outside of the gate I say let them in, lock and load and we wait I pledge allegiance to this flag It's part of who I am I don't kneel for the anthem Never will, don't give a damn the only thing that my ancestors ever gave to me Was an ass-kicking patriotic good mentality Some folks just don't see how damn blessed they would be if they had it Here's to the American savage American savage So tell me, how many times have you thought that, you know, you wanted to make clothes or buy clothes that you wanted to feel good about wearing? You know, it's really disturbing these days going shopping because there's constantly in the back of my head, is, is this company, you know, contributing to the deep state? Is this one supporting the evil in our world? I don't know who to buy from anymore. So we went ahead because we told you a long time ago that we were going to bring only companies that we thought were patriot oriented, believe the same thing we believed, push the same values that we push. And, uh, we found, uh, we found a bunch and one of the ones, our first ever sponsor was cultural life, 1972, cultural life, 1972 supports the culture of life, not a culture of death folks. So, uh, they are completely, um, they're against abortion and, uh, they believe in the movement to get rid of abortion and, uh, Roe v. Wade and everything else so that we can go back to a, a culture of life. Their money, uh, 30%, 33% of their profits go directly to the culture of life and they support, um, anti-abortion foundations that have been doing this for a hot minute since 1972. And the reason that it is 1972 is because why? Because Roe v. Wade was uh, put into law in 1973, which was when the culture of death in America started. So we're, we changed from a culture of life to a culture of death. So if you go to col1972.com, you can also sign up for her email list and you can get the naughty nice list. So uh, she'll send you a list of the companies that support the evil deep state and the ones that fight against it. And that's a, a pretty important list to have these days. And, and Carla, she's a great friend of the show. She's been helping us out from the get go. Uh, we told her that we would support her here because I agree with what she's doing. I believe in what she's doing. Furthermore, not only do I believe in it, but uh, we've gone as far as to buy a couple products ourselves. And uh, it's actually amazing quality. I wore the t-shirt yesterday. It's so soft and comfy. You know, sometimes you put on a t-shirt and you're like, okay, this might last for, you know, five or six wearings. This, this, this is going to last. I mean, this is good quality. It's made in America. Um, it ships to you and, uh, you don't have to worry about it sitting off the coast of somewhere in a ship coming from China. It's actually made here in America. So that's uh, that's another really important thing these days. So folks, again, culturelife1972.com use promo code Patriot party, and that will save you up to 10% off your order. All right. Thank you.